are in the middle of a series that we're calling Family Matters. We're looking at the Ten Commandments and hopefully giving you a fresh perspective and a new understanding of what it is that God wanted to communicate and still wants to communicate in this portion of Scripture that He gives us in Exodus chapter 20. Because all too often people have this really missed thought, misperception of who God is, the character of God, the heart of God, and therefore the directives of God. And we tend to think of God as being this ominous being with all these rules and regulations. And people have even this perception of church, that church is this legalistic entity, and God's all about all these do's and don'ts, right? And when, especially when we read portions of Scripture like Exodus 20, where it says, thou shalt not. But God really is giving us not these restrictive guidelines, He's giving us wonderful relationship guardrails. And we've looked at those first three commandments, right? We started with don't have any other gods before me. And we talked about the fact that God gives us this commandment because he understands that it's from him that we have our identity. It's, it's from him that we have our protection. It's, it's in him that we have our resource. It, 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 is, it is only in him that we find true peace. And so anything that we put in front of God is going to be a, a pressure point for us. It's going to be a stress area for us. And we, we, then we talked about that God says this. He says, be careful that you don't get caught up in stuff and that you don't start worshiping things. It, it's very easy to happen. Paul wrote about it in Romans chapter 1 when he said, they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and began to worship the created things rather than the creator who is forever to be praised. We, we, we last Sunday, we talked about this issue of God's name and, and understanding of the significance of his name. And that when we take his name as a Christ follower, that our life should have influence and our life should, it should show impact. Now, if you are following the natural progression of the Ten Commandments, you know this, that we should be on remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But if you'll allow me this opportunity, I, I want to I move uh, the, the order around just a little bit because it's Mother's Day. Hopefully you've already been aware of that. Hopefully you knew before you came in this morning. But if not, it's been mentioned several times. Uh, and some of you, uh, listen uh, I'm sure that Walgreens and CVS still has cards. You can stop by on your way home from church uh, if you've not already done so. Uh, but listen, I want, to, I want you to know this. Uh, your mom, your spouse can tell if you've picked up the card today. Uh, because uh, when, the, when the envelope doesn't match the card, right, we know that that was a, that was a Sunday afternoon uh, panic after church stop going, oh, please, let, let Walmart have something. And uh, so, uh, but anyway, today is, today is Mother's Day, and, and we want to talk about this issue of, of honor, of honor. You know, oftentimes on Mother's Day, in fact, I've, I've heard this said that, uh, that on Mother's Day, that pastors will talk about how wonderful moms are, right? And just talk about the Proverbs 31 woman and all that. And then on Father's Day, fathers come and get beat up and told that they need to be better dads. Uh, and so, I, I, listen, I, I promise you that that's not the case at Calvary. It certainly isn't going to be the case this year. In fact, what I want to do is this. I want, to talk, I, I want to talk not to the moms in the house today. I want to talk to everyone who has a mom. How many of you here have a mom? Listen, if the person next to you did not raise their hand, you need to look at them and say, you need to pay better attention. Here's what the Word of God says. 
In Exodus chapter 20, it says, uh, verse 12, it says, honor your father and your mother, that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land that God is taking you into. Paul echoes this in Ephesians chapter 6, when he tells us that we're to honor our father and our mother. It's the, it's the first commandment that comes with a promise, that, that, that you be blessed and that you be prospered. And so this idea of, of honoring our parents, there's a, there's a reason for this, and there's a significance to this, that idea of honor. I am, I am grateful for the women of influence that God has brought into my life. I'm, I'm grateful for uh, the mother of my birth. And, uh, you know, my, my mom did not, did not have it easy. Uh, she she uh, gave birth to her first child when she was, um, when she was just 16 years of age and, uh, and gave, uh, gave that child up for adoption. Uh, and then my, my, my mother met a guy who already had four children and, uh, and, and, and did her best to, to, to be a complement into their life. And then my parents had eight children together. They're, all eight of those children were still living at home uh, when my father passed away. My mom had to navigate all of that because when, when my dad died, our family lost everything. And I, I did not realize it in the moment, but looking back, I recognized how many times uh, my mom would wait to eat to make sure that her children were well-fed. And how often she said, hmm, I'm not so hungry. In fact, if somebody were to ask me a, a simple math question, if they were to say, if there are six children at home and there's mom and dad, what percentage, uh, and, there, and there, there's an apple pie for dessert, what percentage of the pie would you get? My, my answer would have been one-sixth. The teacher would say no. It'd be one-eighth because there's six children plus mom and dad. And I said no because my, my, my dad is in heaven and my mom never eats dessert. I thought my mom didn't like dessert. I didn't realize the the lengths to which she was going to make sure that her children were taken care of. Then when I was in high school, I was living with my grandparents when I became a Christ follower, and that uh, did not go well, uh, and so uh, I found myself uh, living out on the street. And God saw fit to give me another set of parents, a, a family that was willing to take in this homeless teenager. And I know this, I know, uh, Mom, I know that you and Dad regularly watch uh, this live stream. And so uh, I, I mention it every Mother's Day, and I'll continue to mention it every Mother's Day. My life is forever changed because of the sacrifice that you made and the willingness that, that you demonstrated to take in a troubled teenager. And so uh, everything that I accomplish, every life that I touch, it's because of your handprint on my life. And so I just want to say in front of all these people, thank you. I'm also grateful for the mother of my children. 
And uh, I, I can't imagine a better mom. Although we, we've, we've, we've had our moments. Those of you in the room that are parents, uh, anybody else, did you ever lose your child? Right, you ever have those moments? We were talking about this, the, the pastoral team, we were talking about this this morning in our prayer time. And uh, Pastor Manny mentioned that his, his, his parents would regularly, regularly leave him in the church van. Uh, I, uh, where's, is, is Izzy in the, is Izzy uh, in the house? Where are you at, Izzy? Um, are your daughters here, both of them? All right, Izzy, I want you to come here. Can I have a microphone? Okay. I don't know, Izzy, I don't know if you've ever done this. I'll come to you. I don't know if you've ever done this. I don't know if you've ever formally apologized to your daughter. So, Sarah, um, your dad shared a story this morning about a moment that he had with you. Well, I'll let you share that. Well, I, I don't think I, well, I think we've apologized enough to her, but, you know, I, I will share the story. Um, there was, uh, a, a, it was a weekend. Uh, my wife and I went grocery shopping. And uh, we got to the house. We pulled into the garage. Uh, we took out the groceries and went upstairs. Uh, 30 minutes, around 30 minutes later, we hear a knocking. And we were looking at each other like, what could that be? Then it dawned on us, we left Sarah in the car, uh, in the garage with no lights on. Uh, we ran downstairs and there she was crying her eyes out uh, and she was banging on the car window because she didn't know how to open the doors yet. Uh, she was still a baby. Um, so Sarah, I'm so sorry. We left you in the car. Listen, every time your dad goes to the grocery store now, he should be getting you a treat. Just really to make up for that that experience, right? So I will tell you, thank you. I, I will tell you, I've, I've not had that significant moment, but I have had, I have had those few moments um, where just being in, a, being in a grocery store, right? Or in, uh, I remember one time specifically in Target, and, and I was like, what? where'd she go? Where'd she go? And just even for that, for that moment, the panic of thinking, I've lost my child, okay? This is not a good thing. Right? We, so many of us have had that, that, that moment, right? That, that, mo that home alone moment where you realize you've left your child behind. I want you to know that if you've experienced that, Marvin, you ever leave a child behind? As many as you have, I would imagine it's happened multiple times. If you've had that moment, you're in good company because Jesus experienced a home alone moment. In Luke chapter 2, we see the story told. At the end of Luke chapter 2, it, we're told that Jesus, along with Joseph and Mary, Jesus of, uh, went with his parents to Jerusalem. It was their custom every year to travel from Nazareth, about a two-day's journey, from Nazareth to Jerusalem to go and be there for Passover. And so they're there for all of the activities, all of, all of, the, uh, all of the different engagements. Uh, and then uh, as Passover comes to an end, Joseph and Mary, along with their family, everybody that's in the, that's in the caravan, they, make their, they begin to make their way back to Nazareth. They go a full day's journey. When suddenly, here is the conversation. Hmm, anybody seen Jesus? Anybody? Where's she? He, he's, certainly he's with, no. Maybe he's, no. And then they have that, that panicked moment where they realize, Oh my word, we have left Jesus behind. A full 
day's journey. So, Izzy, I believe this. I believe you're a man of God. The, the, the man and woman that God chose to be the caretakers of the Messiah, all right, they did the very same thing. They left God himself. I don't know about you, but there, there's, a, there's a lot of weighted responsibility to that, don't you think? I mean, first of all, you, you, you've embraced him as your son. Joseph and Mary have embraced him as their son, but they also understand, listen, they were there when the angel appeared before them and said, said blessed are you among women, right? Joseph, do not be afraid to take this woman as your wife because what has happened in her is actually something that has taken place as a result of God's sovereign plan. And she is with child because the Spirit of God has come upon her. And don't be afraid of this because you are going to be the parents to the Messiah, to the chosen one. Oh my goodness, we've lost the Messiah. This, this is not going to go well. I don't know how I explain it to my friends. I don't know how we explain it to God himself. God, you gave us a responsibility over your son. God, thank you that you are omnipotent, okay, and omniscient, that you're all-knowing and all-seeing, because God, you know where he is. Can, can, can you let, maybe let us know? That's all I'm asking. <laughs> They make their way back to Jerusalem. They look for three days. Three days. Finally, they go into the temple, and Jesus is sitting there, and he's teaching. He's, he's, he's sitting there, and he's speaking, and, and, and he's communicating, and the people are amazed. And here's what, here's what it tells us. It tells us this, that when they found him, after three days, they found him, in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And then his mother said to him, which we would expect this would be the mother's response, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Jesus, what? Seriously? Do you know what you put us through? Do you know what you put your father and I through? Has anybody else ever had that conversation with your parents? Do you know what you put our, 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 us through? And here's what Jesus says. And listen, oftentimes this scripture is it's, it's misquoted and it's misinterpreted because Jesus is not sarcastic. He is not snide. He is, he is, he is absolutely gracious in his response. And it's easy for us to go, well, Jesus says, didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? We understand that that would not have been his posture towards Joseph and Mary. But he does say this. He says, why, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that this is where I would be? And then it tells us this. As we, as we, as we go on in this chapter, it tells us this. Then he went down to Nazareth with them, and he was obedient to them. But his, but his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And here's, here's the, the verse that I want us to focus on this morning. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Here's what we see. The Word of God tells us this, that Jesus was obedient to his parents. Do you remember that moment in your life when you came to the realization that you were smarter than your parents? 
Or are that you at least perceived that you were smarter than your parents? I know this, that for, for many of us, that belief, right or mistaken belief, tends to come in those early teenagers. Right? We, when, when, we're, when we're children, we're convinced that our parents are superheroes, that they can do everything. And, and some of you are here this morning, and you're parenting, and you're in that season. Oh, enjoy it. Enjoy it, because it changes. I mean, it, it does. I mean, it, it, it absolutely changes. Ruth, you, you, guys are in that, you guys are in that sweet spot right now of parenting. You're in, that, in those magical moments, uh, and it is wonderful, right? When, when our children will look at us and go, mom knows everything, and dad can do anything. Dad can, whatever it is, dad can fix it. Then something happens, and it happens almost overnight, where your children will look at you differently. Somebody knows. Right? And they just look at you with this look like, really? Really? Jesus never has that moment. E- even though he's at this age that, that he's, he's starting to, to have some, some aspects of, of independence and He's very God of very God. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Jesus didn't know more than his parents at age 12. Jesus knew more than his parents at age zero. Can you imagine how many times Joseph said, Jesus, uh, I need you to do this. And Jesus, being very God, goes, bad idea. This is not going to go well. Jesus, I need you to go down and, mm, oh, I know, I, listen, I know, I know what's, what's going to happen here. This is not going to go well, and it's going to be pain for me and pain for you. This is a bad idea. And yet Jesus, there's, there's no indication that Jesus did that. It tells us in Scripture that Jesus was obedient to his parents. So, so the infallible subjected himself to the fallible. I, I want that to sink in for a moment. This is significant. Because it is this issue of honor. Honor. Exodus 20 tells us that we're to honor our parents. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that we're to honor our parents. And this issue of honor, in, in, the, in the Old Testament, the, the word that is used there, that Hebrew word, it speaks to a, a weightedness or a, or a heaviness. There's a, there's a significance to it. To honor, to, to let to let that which brings weight and substance to our life be this interaction that we have with our parents. And Jesus understood. He understood that even though he knew more than Joseph, even though he knew more than Mary, that it wasn't about being right. It wasn't about being perfect. It was about being in healthy relationship. It was about following God's divine order. And when we follow God's divine order, life works. Honor your father and your mother. It is the first commandment with a promise that it might go well with you. 
That you might live long in the land that is promised to you. That you might prosper. And Jesus stands on that promise and he's obedient to his parents. And here's the result. And Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. This is why, friends, and Jesus is the ultimate example. He's the perfect picture of why it is vitally important that we honor our parents. Now, let me unpack this a little bit for you. Let me help you. There's nowhere in Scripture where it says you have to like your parents. Anybody here, your parents are annoying. If you're sitting by your parent, please do not raise your hand. Okay? You can just kind of agree internally. Okay, I feel you. Okay? We got, I, right? But there, there are aspects of our parents that absolutely annoy us. Now, I will tell you this. My mom, sweetest person on the planet. My parents, dad, if you're watching this, I cannot tell you how many times, like, you annoy me, annoy me, annoy me. And I'll say it because it's not Father's Day, it's Mother's Day. But dad, seriously, like, there are times that I just want to go, dad, just stop. Right? So there's a, there's a difference between honoring and liking. I, I can... I do not get to choose whether or not I love. Love is a decision. Liking something is a result. Let me say that again. Love is a decision. Liking something is a result. And so I choose to love. If we have healthy experience, healthy interaction, the result of that will be my liking it. You're following me. Does that make sense? Right? We, 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 have, this, we have this experience. If we, if we eat a food, mm, I like this. Okay? The, the result of the experience, it, 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 it brings us to the point where we understand that we like. Loving is a choice. Liking is a result. Honor is a choice. Respect is a result. And some of us, because we confuse this and we read the scripture and it says honor our parents and we go, look, my, my, my parents don't operate in character and integrity. My parents are not godly. My, my parents are abusive. My parents are fill in the blank. And here's what God's word tells us. In those in those aspects that are a choice. Love is a choice and honor is a choice. I can choose to honor. Like is a result. Respect is a result. Even trust is a result. But let me offer you this. If you love your parents... As Christ loves you, right? And God demonstrated his love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
right? God loves us unconditionally. In fact, there is no such thing as conditional love. Conditional love is actually not love, it's manipulation. But God loves us, demonstrates that love. God does not ask us to blindly trust Him. He says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. Here's what God says. He says, get to know me, and the more you get to know me, the more you'll be able to trust me. But the idea of honor, giving weight to the connection, giving weight to the relationship, is a choice that you can make regardless of whether or not you like the person or they walk in a manner that is, that is worthy of respect. Are you with me? Listen, for some of you, this is very important because you've struggled, you've struggled, you've struggled, you've struggled with this connection with a parent. And what God wants to do this morning is He wants to set you free. He wants you to understand that it's not about you being right. It's not about you being, them being more intelligent or you being more intelligent. It's about this issue of honoring, letting there be weight to that, to that relationship a depth to that connection. And when we honor our parents, the result, God's word, it says this, it says that we will grow in wisdom. That we will grow in wisdom. And you will learn, listen, you will learn from the conduct of your parents. You'll learn some things to do. Quite honestly, you'll learn some things not to do. But if you leverage that relationship, it can prove to be very powerful for you. And here's what I I love. It says this, that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, and favor with God and man. So this, this result of walking in obedience to his parents, honoring his parents, Jesus grew being very God of very God, he still grew. He grew in understanding. He also grew in stature. Or that, that idea of reputation. When people looked at Jesus, they saw an individual of character a man of depth, a person of commitment, an individual who displayed discipline in his life. Why? Because even into those adolescent years and those early adult years, here's what he did. He was obedient to his parents. And so that position of honoring his parents it, it reflected well upon his reputation. And then it says this. He grew in wisdom, stature, and favor. And favor. Now, it should come as no surprise that when we grow in wisdom and stature, that we're also going to grow in favor. Because if your reputation is good, and your understanding is evident, opportunity is going to present itself. Does that make sense? Let me say that again. 
when your understanding is solid and your reputation is right, people are going to look to engage in activity with you, to walk through opportunity with you, to do business with you, because they will recognize that you're a woman of character, that you're a woman that keeps your word, that you're a man that is worthy of respect. And this all flows. Notice this. It all flows. And this is a reason why when God lays out in Exodus chapter 20, when God lays out the guardrails for relationship, what does he do? He starts with the vertical relationship, the relationship between God and man. Let, let, let your relationship with me be your highest priority. Don't get sideways by things. And when you, when you establish and acknowledge a connection with me, honor that connection. Let, let the fact that you invoke my name, let it bring substance into your life. As you then connect relationally with others, it starts with the bedrock of your horizontal relationships are the relationships within the family, and specifically, the way that you respond to your parents. For those of you that are here that you are not yet married, or you're in between and you're once again looking, I'm going to give you a little bit of help. I'm going to tell you something that eHarmony won't. Ma'am, if you want to know how, if you want to know how that guy will treat you, look at the way that he treats his mother. Okay? By the way, if he expects, if, if he expects his mom to cut up his meat, run away. Right? That guy's got serious issues. That's a, that's a 40-year-old child right there. If he's dismissive of his mother, if his relationship with mom is right, that's a big indicator of what his relationship with you is going to be like. Sa same thing, men. If she looks to dad for everything, and if she has no problem draining dad's bank account, come on, right? I mean, as fast as your legs can carry you, get out. But if she honors her father, if that relationship is right, that's a great indicator of how the relationship is going to be with you. Because our horizontal relationships, friends, our horizontal relationships tie back very strongly to that family unit and even more so to the way that we connect with our parents. If you find that in your life that you need to see more wisdom in your moments, greater insight into the challenges and opportunities that are your day. 
Here's what I'm going to tell you. Great way to gain wisdom. Honor your mother and your father. If, if your reputation needs, a, needs an overhaul, honor your father and your mother. If, if, you're, if you're looking for a greater opportunity, honor your father and your mother. It's the first commandment with a promise that those who do so will live long in the land or those who do so will prosper. And how do we prosper? In wisdom and in stature and in favor. It is always a challenge to preach on holidays. And it's a challenge because here's, here's what I recognize. I recognize that there are, there are a good number of us in the room today that relationship with mom is pretty good. We, we do still have to go get a card uh, immediately after church because we've forgotten. Jody, where's Jody at? Jody, I do not have to go. Okay, I got you. And, and I know the kids have got you as well because I called them to make sure that they were ready. <laughs> By the way, that's not always been the case. <laughs> there have been, Peter, there have been a lot of years where I've gotten up on the Sunday of Mother's Day and went, man, I hope Walmart still has a decent selection. But there are a lot of us that are here in the room and, and the idea of talking about moms is not easy. Because we've not talked to mom in a long time. And when we do, it's, it's difficult. It's, it's awkward. It, it, very quickly, the conversation, it just... It devolves into a, an argument. Some of you, even the idea of, of calling mom today, it creates stress and anxiety for you. There are some of you that are here this morning and, and you're moms and, and you're, you're looking forward to the phone call from your children. But you know what? In that same row with you, there's a mom who doesn't know if their child's going to call. There's even some of us that the mom's time with us here on earth is, has come to an end and, and you carry some regrets. Well, I've got good news for you. Good news number one is this, is that God is this God of amazing grace. He really is. And, and the word of God says this. It says we can cast all of our cares upon him because he cares for us. He's also the God that goes before us. And so if your family context, if your relationship context makes Mother's Day kind of hard, God's got you. 
and just pray before the connection and trust that God will navigate that, those moments. For those moms that are here that, that your relationship with your child is, is, is distant, they're on, a, they're on a path that has caused the two of you to become disconnected. I can't think of a better time to, to pray for your daughter, to pray for your son. Because the effectual and fervent prayers of the righteous avails much. And this room, scattered throughout this room, or individuals who at one point in their life were very far from God, and they're in God's house this morning because of a praying mom, because of a praying grandmother. So I challenge you, pray, 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 pray. In fact, I'll, I'll never forget a number of years ago when I was speaking on Mother's Day and when it came time for an altar call, the first person that stood up and made their way to the altar was my mother-in-law. And I, that was a result of, of my wife Jody praying for her mom for years. But know that when you pray, you're, you're not praying in vain. And when we pray, we're honoring. So here's my challenge to you this morning. Let's not simply be hearers of the word, but let's be doers of the word. And if we're going to be doers of the word, doesn't it make sense to really embrace, to really grab hold of those promises that God makes available to us. And when we look at the promises, the Apostle Paul says this, that this first command with a promise means it's pretty big. So God, today, your word says that if we lack wisdom, that we can ask. Another way to, to interpret that scripture is if we don't know what to do, we can look to you because you love to help. And God, we see in your word that, it, that we are challenged to, to honor our parents. Today, being Mother's Day, we... We kind of zero on this, on this idea of honoring mom. And God, there's some of this that seems pretty easy and seems pretty natural, but there are also parts of this that we're not totally sure how to do it. How to, how to bring greater strength, how to how to mend that which is broken. 
And so we, we come to you this morning. We gather together in your house. We gather together in your name. Most of all, we come together in your presence. And we, we surrender to you. And we ask you, oh God, that you would make it really clear to us how we can best honor mom. God, I thank you that in this moment that you are, that you are individually, you're individually speaking to each one of us. Help us to clear our mind and to settle our heart to where we can hear you. But God, I know because of the promises of your word, I know because of what you demonstrate over and over again, that right now you are speaking to each and every person here. So settle our mind and settle our heart to where we can hear from you. And God, in, in, in this moment, in your presence, give us a greater understanding, a clarity of how we can how we can honor. I thank you that, that even now that you're, that you're giving us guidance on, on how to bless. You're giving us guidance on, on how to heal. You're giving us guidance on how to engage, how to strengthen, how to bridge. We thank you for the gift that you've given us. God, I pray additionally this morning for those that are here, for those that are watching via the various media expressions that, that provide this service to those that are not in the house. And for that son, that daughter that is disconnected from relationship with you. Maybe at one time they professed to be a Christian and were really connected. Maybe, maybe, they've, maybe they've never accepted you as Savior and Lord. But God, they're here today because of a praying mom. They're, they're watching this online because of, a, because of a praying mom. Let it be really clear to them in this moment that the greatest decision they can make in their own life and the greatest gift that they could give to mom on this Mother's Day is them settling the heart connection with you and give them the understanding and the emotional and spiritual courage to say yes to you even as you're drawing them to you right now. So God, on this Mother's Day 2019, we, we thank you. We thank you for wisdom. We thank you for stature or reputation. We thank you for favor. 
And we thank you for the increase in those three things in our life as we, as we honor our parents. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.